Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> Hope everybody's doing fantastic, fantastic, beautiful day. Good to see everybody. Uh, good to be back in the house uh, out last week, and I uh, heard Pastor Andrew did an amazing uh, job, and so it's just good to be back here. It's some fun stuff going on in everybody's life. It's just kind of, uh, I think the next few weeks is, is transition for everybody anyway, for a lot of people who are kind of, uh, maybe you have kids and got to get back into school and that uh, time of life, um, but it's going to be a big just transitional season for us as a church too, and so let me uh, first just take an opportunity. If you're new here, if you're a guest, um, we're thinking about you before you ever arrived um, praying for you, not by name. We're not that uh, not that spiritual around here, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we've been thinking about you and praying for you, and um, hoping you find home wherever that might be, whether that's here or another uh, body of believers in town. Uh, we want you to be at home and and uh, be able to grow in faith and grow in family, and and uh, we're just thankful you're here. Hope that you'd give us an opportunity to to just love you and serve you in whatever way we can, and and we just want to tell you from the bottom of our hearts. Welcome home. Welcome home. We hope it feels like that. Uh, we're in an exciting season. Back in May, uh, we kicked off um, really an expansion campaign called For the Story. And uh, this really campaign was uh, about updating some facilities and, and making a little bit of room, uh, making room in our bathrooms and lobby space and just kind of an opportunity for to be able to connect with one another better indoors. Uh, when it's raining outside, it makes it really tough. So in the next uh, couple of weeks, month, that whole entrance, everything you see in that half of the building is going to be completely different. And so for the better, and that's going to be an amazing, amazing difference. Uh, and over the next few months, next three or four months, uh, on the back pad here, we're going to be uh, erecting a new facility that's multi-purpose. And so we're really excited about um, all that's going to do. Um, we can tell you more about that if you don't know about that. But uh, you guys, many of you know uh, about this and have been given and given faithfully, and so thank you for that. Continue to, uh, we're pretty close to being uh, funded for our renovation portion, but we still have a long way to go for our expansion portion, so continue to give, continue to give sacrificially and to honor the commitments you made and trust God to uh, to do that. So we're going to do that, but we can only move at the uh, at the pace of your faith, and so uh, I wanted to update you and just make sure you know um, what's going on in the month of August, because things are going to be a little bit different. We're going to experience what I call church in the wild. We're just going to like experience church in the wild and kind of on the move, so it's going to be fun. Next week's going to be a, a pretty normal day. Uh, there's going to be a ton of excitement, um, pretty normal uh, service um, for whatever that means, and then uh, afterward, we're going to try to clear most of everybody out of here, and then there, there'll probably be a, a handful of maybe maybe 12 folks who will stick around and demo everything up there. So that's going to be a lot of fun for them. Everybody else needs to stay out of the way because <laughs> um, so nobody gets hurt. So we're going to be demoing all that up there. And so next weekend is demo day. If you're interested in helping and serving and doing that in, in whatever way, uh, Andrew, raise your hand right over there in the white shirt playing acoustic guitar this morning. Uh, Andrew Williams uh, has a lot of uh, experience doing a demo and renovation. So he's going to be overseeing that event. So if you're willing to help and throw some muscles and uh, do all that in a safe way, then, then uh, see Andrew after service today. You should also be getting an email right about now or, or a little bit later in the service that you'll be able to just click on a link and sign up there 
Um, so that's next, that's next Sunday. Crazy. We're going to start doing it next Sunday. This really gets going. So we're just trusting the Lord in this whole process. Uh, the weekend after that, we're knocking down the walls, uh, or we're knocking down the walls week one. Week two, we are headed to Crown Point Elementary. Uh, Shabreen, raise your, hand, raise your hand. She's been leading a group called um, Brilliant Building Bridges. I was about to say something else, and that was not it. Uh, Building Bridges that really goes in and is ministering to that school in a lot of different um, ways. So thanks you to all that team. And they've really built that partnership. And, and we're just going to try to keep building on that um, with our back to school bash. We do an event called Here for Good once or twice a year in which we don't do a church service, but we really become a church serving in the community. And so this back to school bash is going to kind of serve as a, uh, an outreach like that. So what we'd like for you to do is to jump on board and serve at this school. It's a Title I school, um, pretty uh, low income for the most part. Uh, a ton of them uh, at the school, I think over 50% are English second language. So a uh, real uphill battle for a lot of these families. So we get to really meet them where they're at on their property on their campus there, and the, the principal's been so welcoming. So there's going to be lunch that day. There'll be bounce houses for the kids. There'll be nothing taking place on this property from after next Sunday um, for about a month, okay? So I'm just prepping you for that. But I want you to be a part of this Crown Point. Um, we, we'll meet over there, have lunch, bounce houses, um, free haircuts, and it's, it's an opportunity not for us to just go out and have a good time. It's an opportunity for us to go serve our community, right? Like that's that's who we say we are. We go make disciples. And so let's go and let's go together. And so I just encourage you to go ahead and sign up. You'll, you'll see that link in an email. If you are not getting emails, check one, grab the connect card in front of you and drop that in the bucket in the back. And we'll get you on our email list and you can make sure you'll be able to sign up for that. But we'll start that morning. I think the event's going to run from 11 to 2. Um, but you can, we'll, different volunteers spots will have you at there at different times. We'll keep you updated on all that information. So if you're not following us on social media or on our email chain, you, you might get, get lost in the mix if you're not on there. So it's no big deal if you're not, but just hop on there today. Make sure you follow us on social media and you'll be able to stay up to date with everything you need and all the links to, to do it. So uh, we just got to stay connected. We got to work to stay connected. So that's the Back to School Bash. We're really excited about that. Uh, how many of you just love our Here for Good events? How many of you guys just love, just love it? I mean, it's just, it's not church as normal as going and like doing what, hey, we're supposed to be doing all the time. And it just really helps us step out of our shell and serve in our community. So uh, that's going to be a really cool event. Amanda, raise your hand. I'm here. Amanda Inman's our guest services director, and she is uh, overseeing that event. So if you have any questions about Back to School Bash, she is the lady um, to talk to. And so we're just excited about that coming up. It's on a Sunday morning. Everything we're doing, Sunday morning. So it's right in your normal time, um, in, in your schedule. So we're not throwing any curveballs on that. Uh, the following weekend, hey, is that like fun already? Like demo out, you know, outreach, cool stuff. The third weekend, we're going to do a beach picnic over at Michaelers Beach. I heard some of you call it Micklers, but the locals will get on to you for that. It's Michaelers, according to the family. It obviously reads Micklers, so we'll have that argument some other day. But 10 a.m., we're just going to meet up there. We'll provide the hot dogs and all that fun stuff. And again, you'll see a sign-up uh, sheet in your email today or earlier this week, and you can just check that link and let us know what you're bringing and uh, what we've got there. So that's just going to be a fun day just to be together, right? We'll have our big connect tent out there so you can find us and connect and uh, just come come as you will and come and hang out and uh, enjoy just fellowship together. Like that's, I think a lot of times we think like, oh, I wish I could hang out with people more right? And so here we are right in the middle. I wish I could get to know people a little bit more in like a laid back environment. Boom. 
here we go at the beach, at a beautiful beach, let's do it uh, on August 19th. So especially for uh, families kind of getting into the school thing, I think you'll feel a little exhausted after that first thing. So just let your hair down and <laughs> let your hair down, go out the beach and hear those waves and that'll calm everything down, right? So, uh, and then that final week of August. So I'm telling you, Church in the Wild for a month. Um, our original plan was to be right back here and running normal services by August 26th. So there was about a 70, 75% chance that was not going to happen. And I felt that percentage was too high to even risk it. So we're really moving forward with kind of a different idea. It will be, uh, a, 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 our services will resume, but they're going to happen in different locations. So we're not going to have it here. We're going to have it in house churches around the city. So uh, there'll be like four different um, locations that you can uh, go and participate. And um, there'll be a little bit of hospitality, you know, breakfast stuff like you're kind of used to here and uh, worship and word and uh, a time of fellowship and connection and prayer and uh, everything kind of just going back to our roots, right? In the early church, that's what they did. They met in homes. And so that's going to be a really beautiful time. And so um, who's excited about August? Like, I'm just excited. It's just going to be fun. Like, fun. Break up the monotony. And, uh, and then when we come back in here, it's just going to be a, a whole different ball game for us the rest of this fall. And so we're hoping by Labor Day weekend, we will be back in here. Uh, God could do whatever he wants through all this, but um, I just want you on board. Let's do this together. It, it's a time, it's a natural time for our anchor groups to take a break. And so we're not going to be together as much. So I encourage you just to lean in and make sure you're a part of these events. Um, uh, just to be together, you know, and to really celebrate. And let's move into this new season that God's going to do in our church together. Let's do it together. And so if you're jumping on the journey, it's a pretty exciting time to jump on. And it's also going to be a really great time to get a sense of who we are as well as to get to know people in these different environments. It really helps you expedite the sense of community. If you're new here, I think you'll enjoy that. So uh, so that's August. Hopefully that keeps you in the loop. Like I said, fill out your name and, and email, um, and we'll keep you in the loop on, on email and uh, social media if you're not following us there already. So cool. Let's dive into the word um, and just keep praying over all that stuff. Pray over me, your pastor. Like I'm, I'm stressed to the max trying to just make sure that goes. So um, just pray for me. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, God's going to do this. It's, it's, it's his vision. It's his design. And so we're trusting him in it. Hey, let's dive into the word um, here. Uh, one thing that uh, I, I want to tell you about myself, some of you will be surprised about this. I was not, um, we'll hold off on the scripture. We're jumping there in just a second. Um, I was not one of those guys who really wanted to have kids um, super early on in our marriage. Um, I really was not. I was actually the person that if we were going to like hang out and like have a little party or something, um, I'd rather kids not be there. You know what I mean? I, that's just where I was when we got married. And, um, and I, I, I thought kids were okay. But I was like, I'm also okay with them not being at my house. And like, you know, so, so I know many of you are judging me right now for that. And uh, that's next week's sermon on that. But uh, that was just where I was, honestly. I, I had a lot of fears and, and some maybe men in the room can identify with that. Like, no, I'm good. Um, some women can identify with that. that that's just where I was. And, and I think one of my greatest fears is to do with my wife. Like I, I really, I loved her for who she was, um, but I had seen this metamorphosis in women before um, when they become moms. Um, and it wasn't the mom jeans, because like mom jeans are now in style, but this was a long time ago 
before they were not in style, which has kind of got my brain twisted on all this stuff. But um, I, I didn't want to lose who she was. I, I loved who she was, and I was worried about her turning into some shell or zombie of herself. And the truth is that that's a very real thing for women to lose their sense of identity because literally they've been sharing their body for 10 months and they don't, they literally don't have personal space. They're sharing it. Um, and then after the child is born, you still don't have personal space because you're sharing your body physically to feed and care for the child. And really that doesn't change until your children become teenagers. And then at which point you don't want personal space anymore. You just want them to like get in your personal space and for you to be in their personal space. So like it's this never ending kind of wild, crazy um, journey. But, so, but here's, here's the hard truth. 11 years into marriage, um, she's, not, she's not the same. She's not the same. I mean, she's got the same genetic coding. She does. Uh, she's got the same brown eyes and the bashful smile when you mention her name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but she's lost herself, but in a beautiful way in which she's found herself. Again, like a, like a butterfly coming. I know it's so corny, but, it, but it's literally like losing yourself in a way that you found herself, and I've seen that in her life, and I know here's the beautiful thing is that God wants to do that in all of us, and Jesus talks about it here in Luke chapter 9, a way that we lose ourselves in which we find ourselves, and we've been on this journey together, and one of the things I told you at the beginning of this expansion campaign for the story is that I'm really excited for what God is going to do in your faith and in your life and in your personal growth through this journey. Remember that? Do you guys remember me saying that? Um, what I didn't tell you is that most of that, most of the time when God does that, it's through really difficult circumstances. I forgot to tell you that part. <laughs> a lot of times it comes through really hard tearing away and cutting away of the old that we might walk in the new. And as I pastor and shepherd you, I've realized that many of you are struggling through that. And, um, and, and I want to help you with a text that I feel like just breathes life into all this, that God is doing something in the trials. And I think on the backside of this, we'll be able to say what James said in James chapter 1, verse 2, consider it pure joy when you face trials, because there's a perseverance that comes. And the reason that perseverance is so important, that we persevere through whatever trial or trouble we're going through, is so that we'll be mature and complete, that God is doing something and our spiritual maturity. So it's okay to be pressing through a, a trial. In fact, it's expediting your growth, not slowing it down. And I want to look to this text here and see what God might speak to us. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 25. Uh, Jesus is talking here, and he's, he's ha he has an exchange with uh, the apostle Peter. And he says, who do you say I am? Um, there's this whole exchange. Jesus starts with, who do the crowd say I am? And then Jesus gets in, who do you say I am? Not, not just you in the crowd. Who do we say he is? What's our faith like as a church? No, no, no. What's, what's your relationship like as an individual? I think that's kind of what Jesus is pushing into here. In, uh, and I'm going to pick up at verse 23. And then he said to them all, if anyone would come after me or... Um, be my disciple, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. But whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will 
save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? Um, you probably heard this if you've been in the, in the church for any stretch of time. Maybe this is the first time you're hearing it. Um, and, and I think this can make sense, and there's also a sense that this can be really confusing to us. And, and I want to kind of keep it simple today, and I want to lean in in, in the middle, but um, just really three Greek words. I don't like to get lost in the Greek lexicon, but I think there's such value in really understanding the depth of these words. The New Testament was written in Greek uh, originally, and so it helps us kind of get into the surface. And what does this word actually mean? And so first here, Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple or uh, who would come after me, many translations put it. Um, but let's kind of deal with that word first. Um, and this word disciple, when you think of that, really, if we had to put it simply, it would just mean a follower, right? It's just a follower. Uh, and this was normal, like with Greek philosophers, they would have these disciples who would follow them around. Um, they would just, they were kind of an apprentice of sorts that would, you know, follow them. And then, uh, you know, Jewish rabbis would have disciples who followed them and kind of were trained in the way of the rabbi, uh, literally following them around everywhere uh, they went. This Greek word here, though, kind of gives us um, some, some depth here. Erkomai, is that good? Like Greek? Does that sound like Greek? I don't know. Um, Erkomai, uh, which means to come or to come after. It, it could mean to come from one place to another. This is kind of where we see Jesus say, follow me, like leave where you're at in order to, to follow me. This isn't super surprising. Um, but one of the things I noticed about this is, is it's a verb. Many times when we, we say we're um, believers or Christians or we're disciples, we kind of think of that in terms of a noun. This is my label. This is who I am, um, right? Person, place, or thing. Like this is, or, or even church, like a place we come. Church as a noun and not as a verb as we're going to do on August 12th. But when we understand that to follow Jesus is a it's a verb, what Jesus is saying. If you want to come after me, if you want to be my disciple, like it's follow, it's movement from one place to another. And there is this lifelong journey we're on called discipleship in which we are just following Jesus. We're on this journey to follow Jesus. And, and maybe there's nothing um, wild or, or surprising to you about that. But I, I would just say it's the subtlety of language is, is really powerful in our lives. Um, or like if you say to yourself, I have to go to work, as opposed to say, if I get, I, I get to go to work. You know, like there's just a subtlety in our language there. Or saying, um, let's go to church, you know, as a noun, as opposed to really living and embodying and understanding that I am the church. And saying, I'm a Christian noun and getting identity in Christ. Okay, yes, we are sons. That is, a, There is a noun portion to that. But there's also the verb that we're followers and disciples of Jesus. We're following him. There's a verb action to it that comes with it. And so I, I more so just want to start by just making sure we're all in the same place on that, that it's, a, it's an action uh, part of our life. And that doesn't mean um, our life or our salvation, our place in Christ is built off of our actions, right? Sidebar. Um, we find our salvation through Christ's grace, not our own works and actions, but they're, they're working hand in hand as um, Paul and uh, James both taught us. Um, in the New Testament. Uh, the second thing he says, anyone who wants to come after me or be my disciple must deny themselves. And I want to slow down on this 
and really spend more time on this than I do probably anything else on this denial of ourself because we don't like that. So let me slow down and give you a lot of it Um, because we don't like that. We don't like to deny ourselves. We like to treat (laughs) ourselves. And don't you? Right? Everybody's got a, a way that they like to treat yourself. That's just kind of a whole popular phrase now. Um, but what it means to follow Jesus, Jesus is saying, this is what comes with it. When you come after me, when you follow me, it's going to mean denying your very self. Uh, and this is a powerful, powerful thing for us to begin to um, live out that it's not some bed of roses that Jesus has called us to. There are going to be difficult times. In fact, Jesus will go on to say, would take up the cross and follow me. Just the idea that we're, think about this. In, in Roman times, what this would look like is, um, it first of all, was not voluntary to be given a cross. It was a hum, humiliating one-way street to torture and death. That is what a cross was. And, and they would take one portion of it and put it on his back. It wasn't the whole cross like we kind of see in American kind of versions of that. It would just be one beam, and then they'd bring up that beam and, and attach that, hang it on um, the other you know, um, part of, of the cross. Um, but it was a, it was a one-way tree, uh, street, and there was no turning back from it, and it was not voluntary. It was very much involuntary. And so when Jesus is saying, you make a choice to pick up this humiliating sometimes, and torture sometimes, and painful one-way street. If you want to follow me, like, just know it's not always going to be a bed of roses. And he's talking to men who will, many of them will literally give their life for the cause of Christ. And in America, we're just so spoiled with our inconveniences, with, like, when we're trying to identify with torture and humiliation to maybe a pastor that's being in, you know, in, um, imprisoned, like one was just released this past week for a long time. When we're trying to identify them, like we're talking about like being made fun of at work, you know, somebody making an ugly comment on, on Facebook. <laughs> like, do you see it? Like, we're just, we're kind of really soft in this way. And Jesus is like, if you want to come after me, you're going to have to deny yourself. And, and this, this definite, the word here, um, uh, aparneomai, means to deny, but kind of understanding what this word really means, it's to affirm that one has no acquaintance or connection with someone. To, and, I, and I just begin to think of a lot of scriptures here. I thought of James chapter 3, like, can both fresh water and bitter water flow from the same spring? I thought of 2 Corinthians 6.14, what fellowship can light have with darkness? I thought about Matthew 6.9, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This no longer, like, lead me away from the acquaintance of old. And, and this is not getting into, like, our missional focus. I think Jesus is saying it's a denying of who I used to be. Like, I'm not that anymore. Um, and sometimes it's, it's almost, it's hard. It's, I've been saved um, and following the Lord um, for uh, 16 uh, years now. Some of you have been much shorter than that and following Jesus, some of you much longer than that. Um, but on, on this journey, like that, that was a long time ago. And the way I deal with pride now and I battle pride is so different than what it was before. And like, I can't even recognize who I was back then. Um, and, it, and it's just kind of putting off 
who I used to be. And, and the truth of the matter is that like, we have the, some of that stuff that follows us. We have like the failures that follow us. You know, we, like we know that God doesn't you know, remember it you know, and we're in the blood of Jesus. But then we, then we just kind of let this shame just stay latched to us and, and let it follow us everywhere we go. And, and I think it really comes down to um, like what Romans 12 uh, verse 2 says, like to, to be renewed in our mind. You know, not to continue in the patterns of this world, but uh, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It takes that, really putting off that I no longer identify um, with the old. And the second is to forget oneself, um, to lose sight of one's self-interest. And, and I, think we, I think we love that idea. We love this idea of being selfless. We do. But I think we always have little caveats and, and like... Yeah, but I got I to gotta make sure I take care of me too. And, and I think the marriage r- relationship is such a beautiful place for this. And that's why Jesus and Paul regularly referred to it and said that Christ's relationship with the church is a lot like a husband and wife. Um, and that there's, there's this really beautiful depth there when it comes to sacrifice. And to, to give up my own um, self-interest and looking out for me um, because when I do that, like I, I've got excuses of why I'm not going to look out for the other's interest. I've, I've got to, and I think when we look at this with our relationship with Christ, I've got excuses. I'm just really busy right now. You know, I just can't slow down to do that. You know, I'm just, I'm really tired right now. So, I mean, we just got excuses, as Pastor Andrew was talking. We've got loopholes that we're always looking for. To, to, to just find our way around the hard things of God which cause us and call us to deny ourselves, And that's really, really hard for us to uh, wrestle with. And, and I think we can begin to wrap our brain around our identity being found in Christ. But one thing I want to know is thinking about Christ's identity in, in you, in your flesh, in your personality. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to consider how um, God really begins to live within your personality and that there is this great need and beauty in the body of Christ and in the world when people of every nation and culture and personality type on the Myers-Briggs um, portfolio there begin to be filled with Christ. And, and, and there's a place for us all to represent him and show his light in the city and to carry the gospel forward. Uh, I think it makes it all the more important for us to practice the spiritual disciplines. Maybe you've heard about the spiritual disciplines. If you've gone through our Roots Anchor Group, we do a lot of talking uh, on this in one particular session, um, and we kind of break them down. I think most of us were familiar with the disciplines of activity, right? Fellowship, prayer, study, worship, confession, giving, and serving. All these things we're supposed to do for Jesus, we, we're familiar with these activities, and maybe that's been your only kind of understanding of what it means to be a part and to walk with the Lord is what you're supposed to do. But we miss out on these whole other ones that Jesus models for us and practices for us um, that we should make a part of our life. And um, Dallas Willard called them the disciplines of letting go that are equally as important and they, they somewhat balance our effort. And we're not just human doings, but we're human and beings, and he delights to be with us. And, and these are equally important, especially when we're trying to figure out, Lord, how, how can I follow you um, more closely and, and deny myself? 
And I think of the spiritual disciplines, like with exercise, I think the disciplines of activity are the cardio of our spiritual life. Um, we need them all the time, right? We need to practice them all the time. And the pace in which we do them, um, you know, our heart's getting healthier, the more we stay on it, that first time you're out, and like some of you have tried to dive into the word this year, and kind of maybe you were going for a little bit, and like, oh, I'm just tired, I gotta take a break. You know, but there's this, there's this cardio sense that we build up just this pace, that we keep a faster pace with the Lord, and hearing his voice closer. But I think the disciplines of letting go are probably more strength training. I think they're real strength training. Uh, let me talk about these real briefly um, each Fasting, obviously, is denying what? Our own desire for food. It's, it's, it's denying that to, and to, to draw close to the Lord. And, and I, we do larger teachings on that when we do any kind of corporate fast together. Uh, but it, it's a, it, should be a, it should be a practice for every believer. The, 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 Jesus said not if you fast. He says when you fast. When you fast. So it's, there's this expectation from Jesus that this is a part of our, our life and so it's denying our own hunger and denying our own need for food. A secrecy. Uh, this is a spiritual discipline that helps us with what? Denying our need for attention. To tell people about how much money we gave to this person or what old lady we helped across the street. Like it's denying that. And we see Jesus practice this throughout the Gospel of Mark. When Jesus does any um, um, miracle, he says, hey, don't tell anybody about this. It's called the messianic secret. Jesus is constantly saying, don't, don't tell anybody. And we're just like, what? Jesus, don't you want us to tell people about you? Um, and he's like, no, he's practicing this idea of secrecy that it's not about us getting the pat on the back. And some of us need to practice this because at, at every turn, we're, we're trying to get affirmation and encouragement from everybody and make sure they know how spiritual we are. And, and secrecy just says, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to lean into this. I'm going to deny my desire to make sure everybody knows or my wife knows, I cleaned the kitchen. Hope you saw it, you see it, you know? No, 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 I'm just going to do it because I love her, not because I, I'm, I need to pat on the back necessarily. Uh, sacrifice, right? It's denying myself. On, on Most of the time, sacrifice comes into what? Time and money? Sacrificing time, sacrificing money, denying how I would use that, denying my own personal gain for the benefit of others and for the kingdom of God. Um, Silence, de- denying my need to fill up space with noise. And most of the time, and I, and I struggle with this because I'm, I'm noise, 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 always going, going, going. There's always a conversation, always a meeting, always a text, always 10 tabs on my computer. You know what I mean? There's always an email coming in. I'm always listening to a leadership podcast. I'm always listening to mute. It's all noise. I get home and there's more noise times five, you know? Um, there's, there's all this noise in the discipline of, spiritual discipline of, of, is letting go of all the noise, finding space. And we see Jesus practice this. He, he's not telling us to do something. And I think this is all strength training. Let me go through the rest of the solitude the same way when many times we want to fill up all that time. I need to be around people because maybe some of us are just wired that way, personality-wise. It just, we get energy and life from people. Solitude, Jesus withdrew to a, a quiet place. A frugality, again, that need and denying uh, the stuff that I think I want or I need. You know, it's denying myself in that. And then chastity, obviously denying sexual desires. And the scriptures give us so much 
um, just passionate teaching on our sexuality and, and when it comes to chastity, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, if you want to read more on that, on how that is to be used, uh, even in the marriage uh, relationship. And so, um, so yeah, I think as we look at these, and like I said, this is more strength training. So let me put it like this. Uh, frugality, I, I'm not like a big spender, so I don't like go crazy all the time. Both me and my wife are pretty frugal. Um, and so I, I kind of relate them to my calves. Like I have um, some big old um, like cankle type calves. They're just huge. And I've literally worked out my calves like one time in my life. Like I've, I've worked them out like one time, but you would look at them and you're like, dude, he's working them all the time. Well, it just comes a little naturally. I didn't do anything. I just have flat feet and it's like I'm doing a calf raise all day, every day. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just kind of how that has happened. Um, and so I don't really work that one out as much. Is there a time like where we lean in? We're like, I'm going to be frugal and I'm going to you know, say this and say no to myself. Yes. But um, with other things, say like fasting because um, I love food. Um, this is a, is a practice. It's got to be more normal in that because it, it's hard and pressing in to deny myself that to follow Jesus more closely. And the, the truth of the matter is that one thing leads to an, another I'm in like a big push-up challenge exercise-wise right now. I got to do 125 after service today, so that'll be fun. So, um, but I'm in this push-up challenge, and what I'm, I'm realizing is that I've got to really work the other muscles to really go any further in this. And I think the same is true in our spiritual life. Like we can't just kind of get focused on one thing. There's all these different exercises that we need to have in the routine. Like Tuesday, Thursdays are you know core and then you know whatever it would be for like you gym rats like you could probably fill in the blanks and teach that better than I could but um, there's this need for us to have it not just the cardio in our life but the strength training that's letting go and denying ourselves. and so I think as we look at that list there's probably one or two of those that when it hit you're like oh yeah that's me like uh, the frugality thing's definitely me <laughs> you know the fasting thing's like that's definitely one that's hard to deny myself. The secrecy thing, I'm always trying to make sure everybody knows what I did. That's hard. Like one of those probably stung you a little bit. And it's just like with working out, that's because it's a weak muscle. It's a weak muscle. And I just want to challenge you to maybe underline one of those, two of those, and just practice it. Practice it. Just work it out Tuesday, Thursdays. Practice it out every Monday. You know, and just, or, or just every day for two months, I'm just going to focus on this. I'm just going to make a practice and develop that muscle that we may deny ourselves and follow Christ further and faster um, than what we could uh, without it. And I, I think what comes in here is just like I, I was uh, quoting the James chapter 1, uh, verse 2, so that we may be mature and complete is this idea of spiritual maturity that comes, that we may be built up is often how it's put um, and I think we get spiritual maturity wrong a lot. Like we think whoever's been in it the longest is the most mature. Um, we, we think whoever has the most biblical knowledge is the most mature. And neither of those things are true. Uh, I've seen people who have been walking with Jesus for 50 years and one person that was walking for a year and that person is a, way lot, a whole lot more mature than the person that's been walking 50 years. Why? Because the fruits of the Spirit are evident in their life. Um, and because they're obedient to Jesus, and because they look a lot more like Jesus than they do Pharisees, you know, and so um, we, we get this spiritual maturity thing, and, and, we, and some of us, we actually feel it's unattainable for us. We actually feel like it's unattainable. We feel like it's so far out there, but, but I want you to know this. Spiritual maturity is just the constant application of elementary principles. 
It's not being puffed up with knowledge. It's not um, some high arcing like seat uh, on the throne room next to Jesus. No, no, no. It's actually at his feet on the foot of the cross, which is level, and it's available to everybody. If we can do these simple things, like when they were asking Jesus, what's most important? And what did he say to them? Love God. All you have. And, and love your neighbor. Like he was just trying to summarize. He said, everything else hangs on this. And so it's just the constant application of just loving God and loving people in the outflow of love in our life. And that is attainable for us. And so if you've walked in a place of false confidence, believing that your spirits are mature, or you've walked in a place of insecurity, thinking that you'll never be able to lead anybody else, I just want you to point you to the simple thought. It's just consistent application of the very elementary things of love and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. And, and let it finish its work through that perseverance that, that we may be mature and complete. Take up the cross, follow me. This, this third Greek word I wanted to give you comes up um, later in the text, and, and it's akolotheo. It's a little bit harder for me to pronounce. And every single one of these, deny yourself, uh, the first one, I'll follow, come after me. All of them are verbs. This is a, it's a verb, so these are actions we're doing. They're not ideas, these are actions and it really comes from two root words. This is where I think the Greek becomes really interesting because this invitation that Jesus is asking us comes from two words, one meaning union and road. And I know after coming to Christ, it, it, it was years. I was, I was trying to integrate Jesus into my life. I was trying to like fit Jesus into this part of my schedule into, I was trying to fit Jesus into the theology I wanted. And, and when <laughs> that all started to fall apart, I really think that I was beginning to understood what it, understand what it means to be a disciple, which is not that. It, it, is, it is me on-ramping onto the highway that Jesus has beat out. And he said that it's narrow. <laughs> it's hard. You're going to have to deny yourself on this journey, but it's the union of my road with the path that Jesus is leading us on, and that is what it means to follow the one who has preceded me. He has beat out the path. I don't have to come up with some new path. I just need to fall in line and follow him. I don't even have to know the five-year plan. I just need to follow today and trust in him. It's a powerful thought. I think so many of us are on on this journey together. And if you're, if you're not, maybe you're just starting that today. I want you to know you're in a good place that you can be guided along in this process and ask hard questions and, and, and be led. I just, like Paul said, just follow me as I follow Christ, you know, uh, as a disciple. And uh, I'm reminded of, of Moses, though, this morning. I'm reminded of Exodus chapter 3. You guys remember Moses? You know, I don't know if you know his story. Um, he was born... Um, he's, a, he's a Hebrew, an Israelite. Um, he was abandoned, kind of dropped on the front steps of the fire station, so to speak, and uh, abandoned as a young child, raised in the home of Pharaoh with the best education there was. Um, uh, he, he, he goes on, and uh, when he's 80 years old, um, he's uh, Exodus chapter 3, God appears to him uh, in a burning bush, and he's got all of this baggage. 
I mean, he's got abandonment baggage. Uh, he's got, he's murdered somebody baggage. Shame after that. He's got, he's 80 years old. And what has he really done with his life? You know, baggage. And here he is. God appears to him in a, bur- a fiery bush. And most of us, like, run the other way. Like, I'm getting away from that. And then it starts talking to him. And you know what Moses does? He walks towards the bush. Like, do we ever stop and realize? He just started walking towards the fiery bush. And as he got closer and closer and closer, he wasn't afraid of that. And I think some, some of the fire, some of the trials, some of the time, they're like, we want to run from it. But I want you to know that God's in it. And like, just keep walking to it because there's a purifying in that process, a preparation that's happening in that time. And, and, and God tells them to stop, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. And that would spark the time in which uh, God was ridding him of his insecurities and caring what everybody else thought about him, that, that he, he had never lived up to his potential, that he had this past, that he couldn't lead anybody and, and, and fighting through all this junk of his past and he's walking towards the fire and being purified and refined, and his insecurities are falling away to follow Jesus. A few chapters later, Exodus chapter 13, uh, we see a text that I think is really helpful for us, and I think it's a good landing spot for us this morning. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first offspring of every womb among the Israelites, belongs to me, possession, whether human or animal. If you skip on down to verse 12, 13, and, and read this, you're to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with the lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. He's saying it belongs to me. And so this is what Paul is saying in the New Testament, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. What is, what is God saying to Moses, to the people of Israel here? Hey, if you try to hold the lamb back, you're going you're gonna to lose it anyway. You're going you're gonna to lose it. Whoever tries to save their soul will lose it. But when we freely give, her, give it away, we'll be found and we will find ourselves in a beautiful way. And so I just know in, in some of your lives in a very pressing way, like some things are being pruned away. You're having to trust God like you've never trust God before. Maybe you feel that step right in front of you. And God's just calling you just to, to trust me with it. I'm first. It belongs to me. Your, your life belongs to me. It's founded in me and I've got complete control and I've got you. I could, uh, I'm, I'm speaking a lot of this kind of in like in your world, but just kind of in my world, um, this this is this message is for me as much as it anybody. Um, I, I told you at the beginning, God's going to do this in your faith. God's going to, you know, really prune and lead you on, and and God's doing that in me heavy every single day, heavy. Like I just I can't ex- describe just the heaviness and weightiness that God's just doing in my heart. And it's just like these face-to-face moments with God. And he's like, do you trust me? Do, do you like really trust to follow me? Like, do you trust that the church belongs to m- me? You know, do you trust that this is my baby and my bride, not your baby and not your bride? And so this is face-to-face with me 
in my life. And I don't know where you're at, but I, I kind of have some sense that we're all struggling with this denying self stuff. Um, we're, we're all fighting this thing and trying not to do it our way and just figure out God's path. And I think we've all been there where we're trying to fit Jesus into our life and we're not just falling in love and finding ourselves, just God, just take it. Just take all the hold and take all the self-interest. God, and I just want to be found and for your glory and for your kingdom. And, uh, and I believe that God wants to do something in our hearts this morning. So we just fix our eyes on him and say, God, you have it all. It's yours. It's yours. I trust you in this journey. I want to ask you to stand this morning. I'm going to pray over you. This band's going to lead us. Before I pray, I just want to ask you a couple questions. Um, have you been kind of doing this thing as Christian noun and not Christian verb? Disciple of Jesus. Following him wherever he will lead. Have you been trying to fit Jesus into your road and, and not unramping onto his life for you? Wherever you're at this morning, whatever you're fighting through, um, I'm trusting God to meet you there. To Even when you feel like you're losing your sense of yourself and who you used to be, God's leading you to who you've always been destined to be. And you can trust him in the trial and you can trust him in the pruning because he's faithful and good. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time. And I thank you for your holy word, God, that from beginning to end is a a love song and a love message to trust you, that you've got a plan for our life and you are redeeming us, God. You're redeeming us from the brokenness of our past. God, you're, you're redeeming us from the sinful and evil nature that we have found ourselves in and from our evil desires. God, you are leading us on to your goodness and for your glory. God, I pray this morning that we'd find ourselves at your feet, worshiping, declaring only you, God. I give it all away. Set my eyes on you, God. I give you all I have. I renew the covenant with you all fresh and anew, God. Thank you for it this morning, God. I pray that you would lead us on. Lead us on, God, as we just surrender and we just follow. We just follow day after day. We, we deny self to follow. Lead us on, God, to walk in confidence and to be a spiritually mature body. No matter what you're leading us through, God, you're leading us to something as well. God, help us to walk in confidence as sons and daughters of God. In Christ's holy name, amen. Amen.